everyone. My name is Jan Alford and I'm here to present the last ADA podcast for 2017. Today's podcast will be on early life nutrition, the importance of the first 1,000 days. I'd like to introduce Rachel Freeman, who is an accredited practicing dietitian and credential diabetes educator. Rachel has recently been involved in a project undertaken by the Early Life Coalition. The Coalition has recently launched an awareness campaign to promote and communicate importance of early life nutrition as a long-term preventative health measure. Hello, Rachel, and welcome to the ADEA Friday podcast. Thank you, Dan. Very happy to be here. Um, Rachel, can you tell me a little bit about the Early Life Nutrition Coalition, as it's all new for me and um, in particular, and I'm sure that those members as well have not heard of it before. Sure, absolutely. Um, it's, it is only formed just recently. So the Early Life Nutrition Coalition was officially formed at the beginning of 2017 and it's an affiliation of professional, academic, advocacy, corporate and healthcare groups and includes the Australian Diabetes Educators Association. The coalition is working collaboratively to promote and communicate the importance of early life nutrition as a long-term preventative health measure. The members include the Australian Diabetes Educators Association, the Australian Diabetes Society, Caring and Living as Neighbours, the Children's Nutrition Research Centre, University of Queensland, Nutrisha, Early Life Nutrition, Developmental Origins of Health and Disease Society Australia and New Zealand, or what people might know as DOHAD, the Dietitians Association of Australia, the Healthy Start Workforce Project, the Liggins Institute, Menzies Institute for Medical Research, the Murdoch Children's Research Institute, Pharmaceutical Society of Australia, United Way Australia and the University of Auckland. Um, so the group was formed to try and bring together uh, people that were interested in preventative health and to get the messages out to a very wide range of people. The group, the coalition, we are happy to have input from others. So we are always looking for support and particularly from organisations who would like to help spread the message. There's certainly a, a big group of people there taking part, which is great to see. Can you tell us a little bit about this particular campaign? Why is the first 1,000 days for child's life viewed as so important? So like you said, Jen, it's a bit of, um, it's new research that's been coming out over the past few years specifically and something that um, researchers are now trying to promote in education materials to all people, but particularly new parents. The Early Life Nutrition Coalition believes every child deserves the best possible start to life and will harness the growing body of evidence supporting the first 1,000 days of life and how it provides a critical window of opportunity where a healthy environment, particularly good nutrition, can positively influence lifelong health by reducing the risk of obesity, allergy, type 2 diabetes, cardiovascular disease and improved mental wellbeing, which we know are chronic health um, issues that many Australians have to deal with every day. When we talk about the 1,000 days of life, we are talking about the time from preconception to the time a child is around two years old. And the growing body of scientific evidence shows the foundations of a person's long life health, including their predisposition to obesity and certain chronic diseases like type 2 diabetes, are largely set during this 1,000 day window. 
Poor nutrition during and immediately prior to pregnancy can influence the long-term health of an unborn child and potentially set them up for a lifetime of chronic disease. This project analysed a number of studies that came up with the following interesting findings. That the higher maternal pre-pregnancy body mass index, or what we know as BMI, consistently suggests the baby would be overweight later in childhood. Excess maternal weight gain during pregnancy consistently and significantly increased the risk of a child being overweight. Higher birth weight was consistently associated with the child being overweight through childhood. Rapid weight gain and higher absolute weight for length during the first two years of life was associated with the child being overweight in later childhood. And children who got fewer than 12 hours of daily sleep between ages 6 months to 24 months had almost twice the odds of obesity at age 3 than did those with 12 or more hours of daily sleep. Wow, that's fascinating data actually, Rachel. And I wonder in light of this research, what's the Early Life Nutrition Coalition recommending that women do to remain healthy during pregnancy and even prior to pregnancy to help to improve the health outcomes of their children later? So I guess, Jen, we do try and get those messages across to mums who are trying to get pregnant and who are pregnant to eat healthy. And really it's the, the message we're trying to get to all of um, to all people in, in Australia. But we firstly know that around one third of pregnancies are unplanned. So the coalition is aiming to educate the general population even more so than what we're trying to do already as health professionals, but in particular young adults who are our future parents, but may not be necessarily thinking about having children, about the importance of healthy eating and maintaining a healthy body weight at all stages of life. When planning a pregnancy, it is important for both the mother and father of the child to eat healthily and engage in regular exercise to try and achieve a healthy lifestyle as best they can prior to conception. And as I said, you know, these messages are what we're trying to get across to all Australians, but particularly focusing on the impact that this can have on unborn children and the early life of children um, is the focus of the, what the coalition is trying to do. Dietary and lifestyle advice should be offered to parents planning to have a baby through a healthcare professional such as a dietitian. The next message is for women during pregnancy. So here we are aiming to educate healthcare providers and pregnant women about the importance of appropriate weight gain during pregnancy. It's a bit of an old myth that a mother should eat for two and we understand that this used to be the message and it's sort of been passed down from generation to generation. But we now know the importance of the mother getting enough nutrition while not gaining excessive weight during pregnancy. Women at risk of developing gestational diabetes and definitely those women who do develop gestational, gestational diabetes should be seen by their healthcare professionals often and include a credentialed diabetes educator and accredited practicing dietitian to assist them through pregnancy with minimal risk to themselves and their baby. So Rachel, you talk about during pregnancy, but what about after a child's born? What can we do to support improved health and nutrition in, child, in children and in families? Well, Jan, unfortunately, Australia has a high number of children and adults with food allergies when compared to other countries. And this has increased over the last few decades. Breastfeeding and introducing solids at the appropriate time, including known food allergens, so foods that people may be allergic to, um, is an important part of helping to prevent food allergies. And there's some rules 
around when you should introduce those foods and if there are is family history of food allergies then you should also do that in consultation with the health professional. Breast milk is nature's perfect nutrition and is tailor-made for babies, providing all the vitamins, proteins, fats and immune protection that are needed to set up the building blocks of a healthy baby and follow that through into childhood. New mothers should be encouraged and supported to breastfeed their babies for at least the first six months of the child's life and for as long as possible, even after solids are introduced. Australian Dietary Guidelines recommends that solids should begin to be introduced at an appropriate time around six months of age, but not before four months. Known allergens such as eggs, milk and nuts should be tried in small amounts and is no longer recommended to delay the introduction of these foods. If mothers, as I said, are concerned about introducing these foods, they should seek the guidance of their GP, childcare nurse or dietitian. Children under two should be encouraged to eat a diet that is adequate in all food groups and low in added sugar and salt. So Rachel, you mentioned that all this advice helps to prevent diseases like type 2 diabetes in the future. How does that work exactly? Yes, and this gets a little bit tricky and I'm definitely no geneticist or cellular microbiologist by any means. Um, but if people wanted to look at the research in a bit more depth, the keywords are epigenetics. And if you search for epigenetics and chronic disease or type 2 diabetes, um, listeners can read a little bit more about the background research. And we already know that gestational diabetes and the risk factors um, that go with that as diabetes educators and health professionals. We know that risk factors for gestational diabetes include being overweight and or inactive before and during pregnancy. Gestational diabetes, if not well managed, affects the growth and development of the fetus as well as creating complications for the mother during pregnancy and childbirth. The presence of high blood glucose levels in pregnancy results in an adverse intrauterine environment, which has been shown to have a negative impact on short and long-term health outcomes for both the mother and her baby including increased risks for the infant to develop obesity and for both mother and child to develop type 2 diabetes later in life. Links are also being made to the intrauterine environment and the predisposition of the child developing insulin resistance later in life, which is another risk factor for type 2 diabetes. Many studies have shown that environmental factors and lifestyle, particularly what we eat, can impact on the way our body functions and our genetics. These effects can start as early as preconception pre and in the intrauterine environment. Research has shown that obesity and lack of certain nutrients during pregnancy, such as folate, can affect the environment that the fetus is developing in. This is now a known risk factor for the development of type 2 diabetes for the child later in life. From the research that is continuing in this area and the growing body of evidence of the importance of early life nutrition, starting from the first 1,000 days of life, we are very much trying to get the message across that the health of our future generations actually starts before the sperm even meets the egg. Wow. We've certainly covered a, a lot of information in this session, Rachel. Yeah, but we have. <laughs> But, but I guess what from you, what would be the sort of take-home messages for our CDEs about this initiative that they could take to their workplace? 
I agree, Jen. There is a lot of information and I guess um, we're very excited at the Early Life Nutrition Coalition to try and get these messages out there. And it's difficult to narrow it down to just three as there is a lot of information we are trying to promote. However, one of the aims of the Early Life Nutrition Coalition is to make these messages as simple as possible and easy to implement. We know people are busy, we know health professionals are busy and they find it difficult to keep up with the latest research or the papers that are coming out. And we know that parents are busy and, and life is just busy. We are really trying to help make a difference to the future generations of Australia. So I think firstly, we would would be to say for everyone to enjoy a fresh and nutritious eating pattern most of the time. It is important that potential mums and dads lay down the building blocks for their children in the future. Achieving a diet with adequate vegetables, fruit, protein, calcium and folate and decreasing added sugars and unhealthy fats should be on everyone's agenda. It's extremely important before pregnancy, during pregnancy and after pregnancy as our children really do depend on our guidance and habits. The second point would be to be as active as possible and maintain a healthy weight. Overweight and obesity in our generation is setting us up for chronic disease that can be prevented. Type 2 diabetes, cardiovascular disease, bone and joint problems and some cancers can all be linked to, to obesity. The message here is that overweight parents will impact the health of their children in later life. Therefore, our weight is an important factor at all stages of life to prevent ill health. Thirdly is the point that we really want health professionals to get these messages to their patients and stress the importance of them. GPs and other medical staff need to be having these conversations with their patients, particularly those of childbearing age and those who are already pregnant. We know many GPs and doctors don't even weigh mums that are coming in while they're pregnant so we we actually don't have records of what their weight is and so we know that you know it's very difficult to, to monitor this and to make changes if we don't actually know what we're looking at we know that this message is on top of all the other things that we are trying to do for our patients health professionals are extremely busy and they are overworked and and probably need breaks more than trying to get more messages into what they're they're trying to teach their patients However, this is a message that will impact healthcare in the future. Doctors, nurses and pharmacists need to be directing their patients to dietitians and diabetes educators for lifestyle education and counselling with the aim to achieve healthy diet and exercise patterns and a healthy body weight, particularly if there is already family history of diabetes or history of gestational diabetes. Thanks, Rachel. They're really important messages and I guess something we should all be doing. But it, as you say, it gets caught up in the, in the here and now rather than the future. And I, I guess I'd like to thank you for sharing your, those messages with us today. Um, and you're right, this message often gets lost in, all, as I said, all the other things that families need to think about when they're planning for children or are already pregnant. Is there anywhere we can get more information on this issue? Because as I've said earlier, we've obviously covered an awful lot of information, so people might want to go back and have another look. Yeah, for sure. Absolutely, Jen. The Early Life Nutrition Coalition has a web page and Facebook page. If you search for Early Life Health on Facebook, you will see the community service announcement that was released on the 4th of December and that we actually presented to Parliament on that day plus a whole lot more information about the messages we are trying to promote. 
You can do some further reading and download patient information from the website, earlylifenutrition.org. And you can also find the coalition on Twitter and LinkedIn. We would love health professionals and consumers alike to get behind this initiative, help to spread the message and shape the future health of the next generation. Fantastic. Thank you so much, Rachel, for your time today. Fantastic. Thank you so much, Rachel, for your time today. No problems, Jen. It's been great to um, help to get this message out there and I hope everyone finds it informative and helpful. Thank you. And we'd also like to thank our listeners for taking the time to tune into this podcast. And I hope you will spread the message of early life nutrition, the importance of the first 1,000 days. As I mentioned earlier in the podcast, this is the final one for 2017. But we do look forward to you joining us next year for more podcasts from ADEA. The first podcast for 2018 will be aired on the 16th of January. And I would like to take this opportunity to wish you all a very Merry Christmas and a safe and happy new year and look forward to seeing you in 2018. Thank you and goodbye.